There's a lot of things that make Montana great, from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. Big Sky Breakdown. And we're already into week three, which is pretty crazy. Got a new addition here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Mike Ryder, who is a former Bobcat football player, former Bobcat coach, and a guy who was on the color commentary for the radio the last couple years. Got to give him another excuse to talk some ball. So we debuted this last week. He'll be joining us each week throughout the football season. Mike, yeah, thanks for being here, man. First of all, I know you had a great weekend. Uh, former Bobcat getting married. It's always fun, so always good to see all the boys. So uh, I, thanks for making the time for us today. Yeah, you bet. It was a fun weekend, uh, all things considered. Got a chance to uh, have my brother-in-law, Jace, get married and spend time with some some good Bobcat uh, teammates, Cody Kirk and Alexi Grosslock. It was a uh, quality time. And then Paradise Valley doesn't get a lot better, man. So it was a quality weekend. Outside of those Bobcats, just falling a little bit short. Well, for sure. And uh, I know it was busy for you, but I know you guys were all watching and following along. So uh, Montana State, I mean, back and forth you go. The defensive effort was incredible. Uh, They pitched a first-half shutout against South Dakota State. They had many different opportunities to pull away in the game. And uh, then it comes down to uh, is he in or is he out on a a last play uh, by Sean Chambers to Cleveland Thomas. And the refs will ultimately call him out. And – Montana State gets one last gasp, but no dice, and so Montana State loses 20-16 to 16, uh, at number one South Dakota State. We'll get into some of the details of it, but, I mean, just your, your general takeaways from that because, I mean, the Cats gave the defending national champs all they could handle. Yeah, they certainly did, and I think a ton to be encouraged with. Uh, you know, the, the penalties, I think, are the, the huge banner theme there. You look at the 12 penalties, six of which were the, you know, false stars, a lot of them just poorly timed Um Coulter, and so that, that's a that's a tough thing. But I will tell you, when you, I remember uh, you kind of have these these boxes that you check, or these big rocks that you want to accomplish as a coach. And we used to talk about it all the time, whether it was Coach Ash or Coach Hauk. I know I've been in the same locker room with him too, and he talks so much about, you know, can you run the ball? Can you stop the run? Can you limit the explosive plays? And can you win the turnover battle? And if you look at that. Uh, you know, the Cats did a good job of running the football. They ran for 211 yards on the ground. They, they you know, did a decent job stopping the run. They, you know, they had 156 yards against them. Felt like they did a pretty good job with the exception of you know, a couple of those last plays by South Dakota State. They limited those explosive plays, and then the turnover battle was a wash. So uh, pretty interesting. I mean, you, the, the special teams were strong um, as far as going three for three on field goals and they were, uh, you know, high performing in the red zone with, you know, four out of five trips. But all in all, you, you look at a team that played really well, well enough to win, but just some untimely penalties and then giving up some big plays late. And it, you just can't do that against a championship team. But, um, you know, a lot to be proud of. You never take any, any um, you know, I guess high road as far as saying, oh, losing's okay, because you never want that in any program. But all in all, uh, much better showing than they had last December, and I think a ton to be encouraged as they move forward, but they've got to get some of these things fixed. Well, I definitely agree that there's a lot to be encouraged by, but then I also think that if you're Montana State, you're leaving Brookings just so heartsick because 
they had so many opportunities. I mean, they got in the red zone a bunch, but they had to settle for field goals three different times inside the 10-yard line. I mean, when you blocked the punt and you had the ball there on the two-yard yeah. line, you got to figure out a way to get a touchdown there. Same thing when you got the fourth and one from the one, and then you, you jump off sides. I mean, those are the things where it just eats at you. I mean, if I'm on chance, I'm think, sitting there thinking, man, we, we could have won this game going away. We could have won by two scores. And, and they can't, I mean, missed opportunities to me was one of the defining uh, storylines in this game. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt, and and especially within the red zone. Yeah, you get those points and, and field goals. You'd rather have some than none, but, man, you're that deep, especially off of a blocked punt, which is just so such a momentum play. You've got to find a way, especially a team that, that, that prides themselves on, 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 on running the ball downhill. You have got to find a way, three downs plus, to get into the end zone, to get two yards. You've got to make it happen. And, and those penalties were killer. And so, uh, you know, it, it stinks. I mean, you, you have a game like this that motivates you all offseason, and you show up for 90% of it, and it just doesn't go your way there. You just can't find a way to, to run away with the football game like you should have. Um, that's a long trip home. That's a long trip home. And, and this is something that it's either going to send you in one direction or the other. Uh, as you, you know, Stetson, I don't count on them being a real formidable opponent here this next week. I guess crazier things have happened. But as you look into late in the season and you look down at uh, and some of these uh, away games that they have on the road at Weber, at SAC, at Idaho, all happening here in the next six weeks, what is a game like the one in Brookings, what does that do to you? Does that, does that drive you and propel you forward? Um, or does it put a wedge into things and maybe, uh, you know, maybe a negative spin as you head into some of these tough road games. And we're going to see that here in the next six weeks because they've got a tall test in front of them. Well, I will say just knowing Brent Vegan and his staff, they are so about focusing on the here and now. I mean, all the guys always talk about, you got to be where your feet are at. You got to be here in the present moment right now. Let's take care of Tuesday. Let's take care of Wednesday. And, you know, as he said at his press conference yesterday, I mean, he, he talked about the game for 15 minutes and all the disappointments and everything. But then he also said, hey, everything that happened, happened. We can't change any of it. We can't change the missed opportunities. We can't change the overturn on the replays. We can't change any of it. The only thing we can control is what's happening next. So I do think they have the right mentality in terms of putting it in the rear view. It's just a matter of can you overcome the heartbreak because it was such a heartbreaking deal. Yeah, yeah. And, and Coulter, I don't think – that's not something that you make the decision now. Totally. And I totally agree with you. I mean, Coach Vegan uh, and staff, I know Sean Heron's a big piece of that as far as the strength and conditioning and what you're working through, uh, all winter conditioning, all spring ball, all fall camp. You know, these are muscles you're flexing in difficult times long before the setback of Brookings happens. That's what good leaders do. That's what good coaches do. That's what good you know, uh, strength and conditioning coaches do so that when something like this happens, you have a setback, you're going to, you're going to bow your neck and flex and say, okay, I didn't go how we want it to go, but we have got to go attack today, go win the day and then start, you know, stacking days on days. And then Stetson comes. And then the week after that is, you know, is Weber state and you just win days on days. But again, this preparation and this mental, preparedness it happens long before a setback like that happens in Brookings and so I'm with you I think the staff does a really good job in terms of getting kids prepared to make that happen when things don't go your way and uh, I bet they're going to be a pissed off team on Saturday in, in, uh, in Bobcat Stadium 
Mike Ryder joining us here on the Big Sky Breakdowns, presented in part by Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com to see how Blackfoot can help you and your small business. Um, last year early, Montana State ran this two-quarterback system with Tommy Mallott and Sean Chambers, and they had this sweet element of surprise against Oregon State where they were playing both the guys like on the field at the same time, and they had a couple impressive drives. And then – uh, Sean Chambers gets knocked out of that game, and they they only have one. And then they kind of went back and forth. Tommy would be out, so Chambers would be in. Chambers would be out, so then Tommy would be the guy. And then and even though they had sort of this two-quarterback system, it was still more like whoever was available that day. And I think that's what helped Montana State, you know, going to feed in a big sky play, just having a, a quality quarterback available, even though they had two guys that suffered some injuries last year. This year, though, it seems like they've more to kind of drawn a line in the sand and said, hey, Tommy Mallott's our quarterback when we're between the 20s, and Sean Chambers is our quarterback inside the 20s. I get what they're doing because Chambers is certainly their best short yardage guy. I mean, he's he's huge. He's 6'3", 240, and comes downhill at you big time. But I also wonder if it gives them like an element of predictability. I mean, they, they, they've been in the red zone so much already this year because the offense is so prolific. I mean, nine touchdowns in your opener and then five more trips to the red zone uh, against SDSU. But... I, I don't know. I, I just wonder. I, I guess to me, they've left some stuff to be desired in the red zone. I wonder if just having it more kind of cut and dry, how they're going to use these guys, makes them more predictable. I mean, what do you think of the way that they're they're using the quarterbacks right now? Yeah, I, I think they're they're probably learning uh, some lessons as they go. I mean, coaching wise. I mean, I think you you had a it was the you know the, the first time effect last year as far like you mentioned. I mean, you. Okay, you got a handful of games where you have each, you know, both of these quarterbacks and both weapons, and so there's a ton of, you know, surprise on behalf of the defense, and so you you have a huge advantage there. And then, like you mentioned, one quarterback's out and the other quarterback's out, like we experienced last year. And so, I, I think, uh, you know, they're naturally going to have to continue to game plan and find ways to be creative and throw the defense for loops, whether that's personnel changes, whether that's formations shifts. Um, and, and creativity is going to be be a big piece of it. But what I know that they're going to have to do, and we've said it all along, and a lot left to be desired, as you mentioned in the red zone, but but more specifically to me in the pass game. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they, they threw for 80 yards uh, last week against South Dakota State. And so there's got to be, has to be a passing attack. You've got to be able to stretch teams vertically uh, and be a threat uh, through the air because it's just so complimentary. I mean, you, you cannot just rely on the run game all the time. And so they're very complimentary, both the run and the pass. You've got to be able to do both. And uh, Sean Chambers is going to have to do that. I mean, he, uh, Tommy, my guess would be he is not playing this week. I don't think that would make any sense at all. And if he's not going to play this week, Sean has got to find a way to run the offense at yep. a high level and be able to be, be consistent and be efficient in the, in the pass game. You know, whether it's just, you know, three-step and get the ball out, easy, quick reads, get the ball to your receivers in space. But there has to be, with, with some periodic shots downfield, but there has to be uh, some resemblance of a pass game, or otherwise it's going to be a long couple of games. It's so funny how in, in football, too, sometimes the injuries just hit one position group. And last year was the running backs, they and they proved they had – running backs in spades because it didn't matter who was out. They still had guys that could go for 150 yards in a game. 
But now this year it's the receivers. I mean, they had big expectations for Ty McCullough transferring in out of Colorado State. Big expectations for Laniata Alexander transferring in out of Arizona State. Taco Dowler is one of the best freshmen in the league last year. He's been out as well. So they've been sort of, uh, I guess we haven't, I, to, to be determined what those guys can bring to the offense, but I think they're excited about those guys, but they haven't had them available yet. So, I mean, you wonder if part of this is just the fact that they've been shorthanded there, but still no excuse. I mean, that's been the narrative of the offseason is their improvements in the passing game. And I agree, they got to figure out a way to, to, to show that that actually happened over these last nine months leading into this year. Yeah, and, and you know, they may not have those guys available, as you mentioned, too, but uh, I, I mean, there hasn't been a, a heck of a lot of shots downfield anyway. I mean, I mean, the, to me, those first two games, I haven't. I'm all for leaning on the run game because that is in your DNA, and we talked about that last week. You never shy away from that, and I appreciate that about Coach Began and Coach House, right? But there still has got to be some of those downfield shots, and there's got to be something in the pass game, regardless of whether you know McCullough and those guys are in and, and Taco Dowler, uh, you know there's kind of the next man up mentality and there's got to be something in the pass game that's going to open up the bag of tricks just a little bit and loosen up that defense just a touch and there's a very complimentary type game of football that I think this offense can play but they've got to start throwing the football well it's like my brother always says we should just change the name of this podcast to throw the ball to the damn tight end <laughs> because we talk about it all the time yeah. I mean you, you but I mean it's not just Montana State I, I think and I'm a big NFL guy. Watch the NFL all the time. The thing that's changed the most about NFL offenses, besides how just prolific and smart and and uh, reactionary the quarterbacks are, has been the emergence of these hybrid type tight ends that can do anything, and they can stretch the field. They can run option routes out of the slot. They can sit down and, and break off any sorts of coverage, whether it's zone or man. That advantage exists in college football, too. And Montana State has two of the most talented tight ends in the country. If I'm trying to get my pass game going, I'm trying to get the ball to Derek Snell and Trayton Pickering. I, I couldn't agree anymore. And I, your assessment there as far as NFL, I, I was having a conversation with a buddy recently. I mean, that is – it's those guys that are they're not these true wide tight ends in man on the line of scrimmage, Anthony or uh, Tony Gonzalez and, and uh, Antonio Gates and those type of guys, right? It, it, I mean, those work, right? But it's, it's now those guys that can do a little bit of that as they call a true wide tight end. You can also put them in like the H and like a hip position – you can line him up at fullback. It's Derek Snell. I think Derek is a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete. And then you got the bigger body and Pickering. Uh, they are, they're going to have to shoulder some of the load here pass game-wise. And so don't be surprised if if we see more of that um, and some continued shots to, you know, Cleveland Thomas downfield. And uh, I, I think there's going to be some, some um, uh, you know, some growth in, in the pass game here. But I'm with you. That pass game has got to improve. And to me, it starts – with those tight ends, and it's not like they don't have them. I mean, some 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 teams just don't have that luxury. But the Cats have got some really capable guys in that locker room. I also think Montana State. You know, for all the heartbreak that's coming out of the South Dakota State loss, they certainly have some measuring sticks to prove that they have taken strides defensively. Uh, but what did you see? I mean, it seemed like they were tighter in a lot of their things, from run fits to coverage and everything in between. What did you see defensively, specifically in this SDSU game, that, that shows signs of progress? Yeah, I, I think uh, tackling looks solid. Um, and not so much just, I mean, angles and things are important like that, but getting a guy down. But there's also just a level of uh, force on impact, right? Driving people backwards, 
um, and uh, just a, an overall physicality that I was impressed with. Um, Danny Yu has been impressive to me. Uh, you know, Nolan doing a really good job. Those guys have done awesome. But, but I, I think, uh, you know, and the defensive line up front has been really impressive. Um, you know, gap sound, physical, playing with their hands, but they're also able to rotate guys. Uh, you know, that was a really good South Dakota State offensive line. I mean, they, they were a, a strong offensive line and it, it proven to be really physical year in and year out, and the Cats gave them all they could handle. And then on the offensive side, uh, staying with the trenches theme, I, I mean, they didn't give up a single sack. Now, I know they didn't throw the, bun- the ball a bunch and, and being downfield, but there wasn't a whole lot of negative plays that way. And so uh, I think a lot to be encouraged in terms of uh, just in the trenches and then going back to defense, just the physicality and getting ball carriers down, not a ton of yards after contact. I think there's a ton to be to be excited about. Blackfoot Communications is excited to announce new voice services for small businesses. Paired with our internet services, business Wi-Fi, and technical support, your business can stay connected to your employees, customers, and communities around the clock. Sign up for services in less than two minutes at goblackfoot.com slash more than voice. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications is the official digital sponsor of Bobcat Sports and Grizzly Athletics. Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. Now it's this weird, like, gap week, right? Because, I mean, certainly you can't underestimate any opponent, but Stetson's a uh, non-scholarship team from the Pioneer League coming into Bobcat Stadium. I think that the uh, the way that they the, – the, the defensive scheme specifically that they run, I mean, they run the three three five stack, which is very similar to what the Grizz run. The thing is, though, the Grizz got all Americans that are bringing the heat and and playing on the outside, where I, I think if you're Stetson, you run it to create some chaos – to be aggressive, but more to sort of mask uh, maybe some deficiencies in talent and, and mismatches that you might have. So, you know, you expect Montana State to roll. I think that they probably will. But it's also this weird gap where you have this next primary premier showdown coming up. I mean, Weber's into the top ten after winning at Northern Iowa, and, and that's your conference opener in two weeks. So I mean, what constitutes success on Saturday? What does Montana State need to do? Is, is it about getting as many guys as possible reps and and kind of getting right like that, or is it about running Stetson off the field and, and making a statement going to the Weaver game? What constitutes success in a game like this where you're supposed to win and you have so many things looming in front of you? Yeah, good good question, Colter. I, I think it's uh, absolutely getting guys reps. I, I think it, a lot of it goes back to what you said on that, that 3-3-5 stack offensively. That can just be hard, sorting a lot on the offensive line, a lot of chaos, but that's a good dress rehearsal for down the line because – as you mentioned, the Grizz run that. I think other a couple other teams do too. But um, it's it's really uh, you know address rehearsal and give you some reps. Get a lot of moving parts on the offensive line. Good communication and um, and then I think you know you, you're, you need to handle business. I think you do need to run them off the field and and uh, and run the football and stop the run. Um, you know, be really really diligent and uh, and buttoned up on special teams. It just it needs to be a complete performance. Uh, as you head into Weber, and then most important of all, he has two last things I should say. Got to be able to throw the ball down, ball downfield to see some vertical passing game. It's some explosiveness uh, that way because it gives you confidence. And then finally, most importantly, you got to leave healthy. You don't want a game like this where you're struggling with an injury and you got to get a, a guy nicked up. Uh, you want to be healthy as you head into that huge conference opener in Ogden. 
He's Mike Ryder. He joins us here on the Big Sky Breakdown each week, talking all things Bobcat football. Before we get you out of here, man, uh, the other games in the league, I thought that, or I guess involving teams from the league, I mean, the one that really turned heads on a national level was Idaho going into Nevada and just routing the Wolfpack 33-6. to uh, Pretty crazy the way Idaho's been able to turn it around, but I think it shows you just how how quickly culture changes can sort of absorb into a program, and that's exactly what's gone on since Jason Eck took over there uh, at Idaho. I know you worked there with Coach Eck when he was at Montana State just for the one season, but, I mean, what do you think of just the turnaround Idaho has had and this win they've had that they had over uh, Nevada over the weekend? Yeah, I'll start by saying how happy I am for Coach Eck. Um, we got the chance to spend just one season together there in Bozeman, uh, but he is an infectious guy. Uh a really, really hard worker, incredible recruiter. But there's one thing that I remember most about him, and um, it is his creativity. He's got a guy to, he, he got a personality to, to, to really be creative as far as like, and we've seen it with Idaho in terms of the puzzle pieces that he's had with transfers, but also with some of the guys that are held over. And he's, he's creative in the run game, in the pass game. He's a heck of a motivator. Um, he's got a really good quarterback in Giovanni McCoy, uh, who's young, and so that always benefits you as you can get years and years with a guy. And I'm just happy for him. He's a heck of a coach, and uh, I am not the least bit surprised by his success uh, as a head ball coach. I think he's been uh, working a lot of different programs and a lot of years for this opportunity. It's fun to see it come to fruition. Well, the last one i got to ask you about, I, I know your old man has some ties to the University of Texas, and what a win by them over the weekend. I mean, that's... That's the first non-conference home game Nick Saban has ever lost by double figures. That's that's incredible. Nick Saban's never gotten beat by double digits at home in his entire career until uh, Texas went into uh, Alabama and won 34-24. So uh, did, did you follow the Longhorns game? What would you think? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I got a chance to follow uh, a good chunk of that, although I was tuned in and saying kickoff is the Cats. So I was watching that. You should have seen us. I'm watching that at the, at the wedding, and then my dad is – uh, got his headphones in watching the horns, and so uh, we. <laughs> my wife was looking at us like, "Man, you guys are you guys are crazy." So uh, yeah, it, I mean, it, it was fun to take that in. That's a that's a huge win. I mean, growing up, uh, you know, being a Longhorns fan, I, I've seen a lot of a lot of really fun games, both in person and on TV. And then, man, it's been kind of a lonely last ten years, um, and a lot of a lot of hope and not a whole lot of results. And so it's fun to see that and. Um, they've got a talented, talented team. I'm actually going to be in Austin this weekend, nice. watch them take on take on Wyoming. So it should be fun to see, and hopefully the environment should be electric. And uh, but just like the Cats, man, it's on to the next week. Um, what you know? What, what have you done for me lately? It's one of those things you got to move on. And whether it's playing Wyoming or playing Stetson, it's just that's that game with football, man. It's on to the next week. Go be one and zero, and I hope both teams can make it happen. Mike Ryder, we'll hear from him next week. Thanks for being here, man. Really appreciate it, and uh, have fun this weekend. Awesome. Thanks, Walter. Sweet. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any Town Pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. Town Pump. Right down.